Seven days ago, I was diagnosed with a rare form of blood cancer, but I will prevail. So after a long, long, long time of talking about getting all my things together and actually doing a podcast, it's finally happening. Uh, It's been quite a while, actually. About four or five years ago, I did a one-off that gained popularity amongst my Facebook friends, which was, oh, I don't know, four or five people at the time that actually committed to listening to it. But things have changed since then. Um... About three years ago, 2018, I was diagnosed with a kidney disease. So I've been treated for kidney disease for the last three years. What we had is a loss of protein that they were finding in my body. So there was concern for that. And for three years, we treated it as if it was what was called IgA, which is nephritis, something like that. Uh, I've learned a lot of big words recently, and uh, next week we'll be doing an episode on WebMD and how we've all become uh, individual practitioners, uh, which is funny. I actually just had someone say to me the other day uh, when I told him what's currently going on with me, uh, he said, yeah, keep in mind they're called practitioners for a reason. And I thought, oh man, the word practice is in there. And then it realized, like, it dawned on me that um, <laughs> they always say, uh, I practice medicine, which uh, I don't like the sound of that because usually when I'm practicing something, it's because I'm not good at it yet. So <laughs> it's nerve wracking. But anyways, so three years ago, 2018, I was diagnosed with kidney disease. We were being, we were being treated for it. I was being treated for it. Uh, me and my kidneys, if I'm referring to it as we, uh, were being treated for it uh, based on slowing down the protein loss that uh, was occurring in my body. During that time, I ended up with uh, being diagnosed with another autoimmune disease, which is Hashimoto's disease, which those that are unfamiliar with that, it is a disease of the thyroid and where your thyroid essentially produces, uh, your thyroid gland produces not enough thyroid and your thyroid eventually dies. So no fixing that. It's just a matter of upping, upping the synthetic thyroid that I take throughout my life as it slowly dies. So, thinking that the two were connected, we changed up my diet. My diet went very, very well. Um, I lost a significant amount, well, not significant, 20 pounds, roughly. All of my numbers that I was asked to get under control, I got under control. My sodium was down. My potassium levels are down. Everything was going well. Blood pressure was perfect. Last week, I went in to get the results from a biopsy. Now, about a month ago, two months ago, when I went in to get this biopsy, my doctor was against the biopsy to begin with, mainly because of my age. I am in my late 40s, but because of my age, he was concerned about going in there and cutting a chunk out of, or little chunks. It's not that big a chunk, but essentially what he says is you have a sponge full of filtered filth, and we're going to go take a piece out of it. And think about when you pull a chunk out of a sponge and it just kind of starts to leak out. He was concerned about that at my age. So he came in and he told me that we had to go ahead and do the biopsy because the protein loss was getting worse. My white blood cell count was low. My red blood cell count was low. 
anemia had set in, so we had to know exactly what it was we were treating. But then the other day, last Monday, I got the biopsy results. When he came walking into the room, I take that back. When I was sitting there and he knocked on the door, I knew something. Like, I don't know that I knew, and I know we say we know, but like, I just knew, you know? He knocked on the door, and when he walked in, he sat down, and he got real wide, got his legs out real wide, and let out that sigh, that, and right then, I just went, dang it. And he said, well, you don't have a kidney disease. And I said, okay. And right then, it's like, crap, it's worse than a kidney disease. Now, the whole time, I've been trying to figure out which kidney disease it could be because there's, you know, 30, 40, 50. I actually don't even remember. I've looked up so many stats lately. I've looked at so many uh, web pages I never thought I would ever have come across. I'm actually, maybe I should start practicing medicine since that's what they're all doing is just practicing. So I should start telling people I'm practicing medicine. That's, that's not a bad idea. They probably get paid more. But uh, we'll see. Maybe, maybe for future considerations. But he then he says to me, this is how he puts it. He goes, well, I don't want to tell you you have cancer because I don't want you running off and, and thinking you're going to die from it. But, <laughs> which is the strangest thing, I don't want to tell you you have cancer, but you have cancer, right? So what he tells me I have at that point is uh, something called, and I, I have a hard time with it, Kappa light chain proximal tubulopathy, tubulopathy, something like that. I don't know. But there were so many big words that I had no idea what was going on, and I knew it had to be pretty bad. So it turns out that it's an exceptionally rare kidney disease called light chain proximal tubulopathy, or LCPT. So this falls under what's called light chain deposition disease, which is LCDD which is commonly associated with multiple myeloma, a cancer of the plasma cells in the bone marrow. So uh, the way it works is this, um, because I've had a lot of people go to look this up so they could kind of see what was going on with me. And uh, because, again, everyone wants to, to know what exactly it is. Now, my doctor told me, my nephrologist told me, to not bother looking it up because... Uh, I won't find much on it, and that is an absolute understatement. So I'll just give you the breakdown so you're not running around looking uh, to see what you can find out about it. So the breakdown is essentially this. Sorry if I'm sniffling a little bit. I really haven't talked about this out loud, especially in front of hopefully the millions of listeners that will be tuning into this someday. So if I'm sniffling a little bit, it is, it is a little upsetting to, to put this all out there uh, all at once. And I'm going to try to do this without stopping and editing. I'm going to try to keep this perfect and, and normal and natural or whatever. But uh, the way it works is this. In your plasma cells, inside of your bones, and I might be wrong again, I'm just learning all of this stuff, but here's kind of what I get from it. Your body produces these things called light chains, kappa light chains and lambda light chains. And these light chains, when they're equaled and balanced against each other, they go out and they help fight. Um, uh, they help your immune system. They help you fight 
off all the bad guys that are going on inside your body. Now, what's wrong in my body is that uh, my body is producing mass amounts of kappa light chains, high amounts, and we're talking thousands of times higher than normal. So because of that, they're going through my body and they're collecting in my kidneys. So now that they're collecting in my kidneys, they're hitting there and they're starting to break down the tissue. When this all started in 2018, I had 100% kidney function. And within a year, I went from 100% to 54%. Um, a couple months after that, it got down to 48%. The lowest it got was about 46 Recent blood work as of two nights ago when I saw the new blood work, I'm back up to 54%. So things are going good with that. However, all these capillite chains are getting stuck in my kidneys and they're clogging everything up. Now, that's not allowing anything else to pass through uh, easily. And what that's doing is causing the protein to not be put back into my body, and therefore it's coming out in my urine. Sorry, didn't think I was going to use that word today, but we're using it. Guess there's no other way to put it. So I'm losing a lot in my urine. And they need to stop that from happening because that protein's supposed to stay in my body, obviously. So today, as a matter of fact, uh, in about two hours, an hour and a half, uh, let me tell you, look. I decided to do a podcast. Someone remind me. One of you is going to have to remind me where I was at because I'm totally going to forget. When I thought, when I talked, when I thought about doing a podcast, right? I go and I watch all these videos, and they say how easy it is, and uh, you can get started for free. That's not true. Uh, you can uh, just record it on your on your iPhone. Uh, don't bother. Um, there's a lot that goes into it. I've had the, the, the microphone that they all recommend. I've had it for a long time. Um, my wife bought me a MacBook Air um, so that I can do this. I got the boom stand. I got uh, all this fancy stuff. And then I sat down to work with the Logic Pro. Uh, man, I'm just plugging stuff. I'm not even getting compensated for it. Uh, we'll talk about the compensation later because uh, I'm not. Well, we'll just talk about it. But with this uh, Logic Pro, it's taken me like three and a half hours to figure it out. Um, And it's a super simple program, so it is absolutely frustrating. But you'll be surprised how many weird noises go on in the background. So anyways, anyways, trying to start a podcast. They say it, it looks so easy on YouTube and everywhere else. But man, it's a pain in the butt. The talking seems to be the easy part. I told my wife I was going to script it out. I didn't. Not at all. But here's where I messed up. Remember I told you guys to remind me where I was because I was going to totally forget. Um, Well, I don't know. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Now I remember what it is. The kappa light chains get stuck. Protein's coming out. And in an hour and a half from now, I'm going in to City of Hope. Um, where they have the best doctors in, uh, in cancer research and cancer medicine. And I'm going in for my consultation. So this is where it's going to get a little scary because I did start looking at the numbers. And uh, I, I'll start by saying this. Um, I'm a teacher currently, and uh, I was taken out of the classroom, well, derailed for uh, psychological reasons. 
Is that, is that what I'm looking for? I also have a psychiatrist uh, because I'm also bipolar. And you're now realizing that there's a lot wrong with me. But uh, my mom says I'm perfect just the way I am, and that's okay. But I've been taken out of the classroom, and every day I get to sit in front of my students and do these little live lessons and these little talks, and it's really created, uh, it's made me popular. I know that sounds ridiculous to say, but uh, with popularity comes the trust and comes those open conversations, and it gives the students someone to come to. So I'm always very, very um, forward with all of the things that are wrong with me. So maybe people can see um, what people say is wrong with them and have someone to relate to. It's just, it's a thing that I always do. So anyways, the next step in this uh, is to go in for my consultation. And the scary part about the consultation is when I got my results the other night, um, two nights ago, the one showed that light chain, the kappa light chain and how high they are. And they're really, really high. But then I started looking into the multiple myeloma uh, web pages, specifically on the, the cancer.org page, and started to see things like survival rate, uh, five-year survival rate. I didn't know that there was this thing in the cancer world um, that's like this, this strange five-year like if you make it past five years, you're good or something like that. I recently had a friend that I was talking to uh, over here. She, she was over here and uh, she's a cancer survivor. And she was talking about her fifth year that was coming up. I didn't even know about that. Now that's one more thing to be concerned about. But I was looking at the survival rates of stage one, stage two, and stage three of multiple myeloma. And it's difficult because if you go look this up, and, and this is you people as well, again, don't look this up and start panicking for me. Trust me, I'm doing, I'm doing fine on my own. But if you start to look it up, it shows numbers that are not promising. It shows a 71% survival rate. It shows a 60% survival rate. It shows quite a few things that are very, very discouraging. However, I do trust City of Hope. The specialist, or the head of medicine, as a matter of fact, uh, is cool, man. My, my mother-in-law, uh, who knows everyone in the entire world, and throughout this podcast, you will definitely hear about her. I, I'm telling you, she knows everyone in the world. When she found out that I had this uh, blood cancer, the first thing she said is, oh, you know, I know the head of medicine at City of Hope. So I was fast-tracked in, which is awesome. It's literally been seven days, and I'm already going in to get all this stuff uh, taken care of. But the head of medicine said, and I quote, no one dies from this at City of Hope. So he also said, don't bother looking up the treatments for it, because what they're doing there, they're doing better than anywhere else. They said that they have treatments there that no one else is doing, which is awesome. Being like the best at what you do is super, super important. I'll kind of tell you what it is that I do, what well, was doing prior to this, is I was a culinary arts teacher at Duarte High School in lovely Duarte, California. And I've always told students that whatever it is that you do, be the best at it. 
there's a student that I talk about all the time, David, that works at uh, Del Taco, at the Del Taco over there. Now, rumor has it he's no longer working at that Del Taco, so I'll tell you right now, don't go there anymore necessarily. Uh, they're not a sponsor of this podcast, so <laughs> although, yeah, we'll see. But uh, for what I've heard, everyone that I know from there is no longer working there. Uh, a lot of my students were working there. But David makes the best Double Dell cheeseburger out there. I know it sounds strange, but it's better than everywhere else. And I would specifically tell people, if you want the best Double Dell cheeseburger, go there and ask if David's working. Now, last time I saw David, he had said to me, oh, uh, I, I saw him. I said, David, I actually sat down and had lunch with him. And I said, David, I said, dude, this Double Dell is the best one I've ever had. And he said, well, someone once told me that whatever it is you do, be the best at whatever it is. Something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he said, so if you're just a fry cook, be the reason people go to that place to be a fry cook. I said, David, I'm the one that told you that. And he goes, oh, that was you? Which, you know little disheartening because I thought this whole time that I had more of, a, more of an impact on his life, but that's okay. But be the best at what you can do, right? Cynthia hopes the best at it. There is no one better than them. They focus specifically on a thing, which kind of brings me to the whole point of this podcast. Now, I'm going to do what I do best. And what I do best is entertain through silly stories or, or motivational types of things. Um, it's just what I do best. My classroom has a waiting list. It's not because it's a cooking class. I mean, I'm sure the food has something to do with it, but it's because the kids want to be around whatever this thing is I do. And I've told them, I don't know what it is I do, but I'm really good at it. And I think if you follow along with me on this journey through this podcast, you'll start to see what I'm talking about. Okay. Whatever it is I do, I know I'm good at it. And that's what I'm here to do. So here's what it's going to come down to. I can't be in the classroom right now, but I still have to be able to connect with my students. So I'm going to do what I would do best in class to give them somewhere to go to listen to what I have to say. My random ramblings, uh, kooky outbursts of music and singing or whatever, whatever it entails. But I want to invite everyone to become part of it. Because I look at it, and I, I, there's only 125 people, young people, that I get to put on this show for every day. And then the following year, there's a new 100 that come in. Now, in the seven years I've been teaching, I've probably come across about 700 individual students. And that's a relatively small number. By doing this, I feel I can take what it is I do, and I can expand it to the entire world. Okay, <laughs> I'm not trying to compete with people. Uh, on any other podcasts. I'm not trying to compete and do YouTube. There's not going to be YouTube. There's going to be none of that stuff. And the reason it be none of that stuff is I'm not going to compete with millions and millions of people. I'm going to take it to the smallest niche market I can think of. I'm going to go to the people who care about me, the people who want to learn about me, the people who want to hear a story, and I'm going to uh, ask them to help, to support it, to get the word out there. I'm going to keep it small scaled. If it grows on its own, awesome, it grows on its own. But I'm not going to sit and compete with everyone else. It's something I know I'm good at. I'm going to compete with myself. I'm going to say, I'm the best at being me. And I'm not going to do paid advertisements and that sort of thing 
just to keep up with them, just to, to do what everyone else does, right? So here's how this is going to work. I do have a Patreon account set up. There's only one level of pay that's $5. That's it. What you get with that is the opportunity to support whatever this is I'm doing. The opportunity to put your uh, to ask your silly questions or or maybe uh, create some ideas um, or inspire some some future conversations or future podcasts. I will be bringing some people in and that sort of thing, uh, and then some bonus extra stuff. I've got some kooky friends that I'll bring around. Uh, you'll get to know them. Um, some pretty interesting characters that I that I spend time with. But if you looked at the title of this podcast, this podcast says, if you need anything, let's talk about what I need. I have everyone right now, when they find out that I, that I uh, have blood cancer, the first thing they say is, if you need anything, just let me know. What do you need if you need anything? Here's what I need. I need five bucks a month. <laughs> and that sounds harsh. To say that, it's ridiculous to say that. But here, here's the problem. You, you, first off, you don't have to. It's fine. It's 100% free. You can listen all you want. But here's what you have to keep in mind. I have people that are willing to, uh, I'm going to send you dinner. No offense. I appreciate that. But keep in mind, people, I know how to cook, right? Yes, this is difficult to get through, but I can, I, can, I can walk to my kitchen and I can make a sandwich if I need to. I can still do that. And I've realized that people are, are going to send food. They want to send like uh, Postmates or something like that. Not a sponsor, but I should probably try to get them too. I'm just going to throw out all these names. I don't know if anyone's going to sponsor this. But what are they going to do? They're going to order chilies. Chili's going to be delivered to my house. It's going to be kind of gross and disgusting, uh, not only because it's chilies, because it's chilies that's been sitting for 10 or 20 minutes uh, at a, in a warming station or in somebody's car. And then I'm going to eat that, and then I'm going to have heartburn, and I'm going to be up all night with heartburn. So what you did was spend your money to make my day worse. <laughs> Thanks. But I have an idea. That Chili's with delivery is going to cost you about $60 realistically. Because look, you're not just feeding me. If you're sending food, it better be for me, my wife, and my kids. And I can tell you, it's going to run you about 60 bucks. So you're going to spend $60. Hmm. For that same $60, oh, here comes the pitch. For that same $60, you could subscribe to this podcast for an entire year. What do you get with that, you say? Five plus hours a month of kooky nonsense just like this. Um, and, and you keep what I do best going. You help me reach the kids that I've had to leave behind temporarily. You help me reach new people. And when you say, if you need anything, you don't feel bad about letting me down. Ah, oh, that was dirty. That was messed up. Uh, I did point something out to students about uh, getting people to back things that you do. And it's a matter of a trade-off. Now, I've said multiple times to students, are you willing to come in here and, and work on a weekend, for example, um, if we have a catering or something like that, are you willing to come in here and donate your time for free to work here, to help me? And they say, yes. And I said, okay. Now I want you to go to your job and make that same amount of money and give me that money. 
And they said, well, no. I said, well, why? Well, it's my money. Yeah, but you're willing to come work for free, which means you're willing to do the work I need wherever it is for free. Think about that, those of you that have jobs. What am I asking for from you? Mm, One hour, two hours, three hours of your time for an entire year. Keep in mind, $15 minimum wage job right now for five hours of work. You could pay for an entire year. You would work five hours for me. And in exchange, you're going to get 60 plus hours of me doing work for you. Not to mention, don't forget, it took me two and a half hours just to set this thing up going on three. Well, that's it for this first one. Next week, I'm going to be talking about uh, about how quickly we've all become practitioners thanks to WebMD. I'll be constantly giving you updates on what's going on with my health, but I'll be taking this another direction, a little more lighthearted, my opinions on kooky things, that sort of stuff. I'd like to thank everyone that's backing me on this. I really want to thank the Order of the Fly as well. They have the uh, opening music and the music that you're currently hearing right now in the background. I have been lucky enough to spend the last 21 years with those people. They're my absolute favorite people in the world. Thank you, especially to Ralph Love, a.k.a. Ralphie Repulsive, for writing such an awesome song that inspired this entire podcast. You can find us on Facebook at I Will Prevail Podcast. Just look for that page. You can also find us on Instagram at I Will Prevail Podcast. And you can find us on Patreon, where you can throw your support our way to help keep this going at I Will Prevail Podcast. Right there on the Patreon. Thank you all very much. We'll talk to you soon.